I'm Jason Chaffetz. I'm Katie Pavlich. I'm Steve Ducey. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, May 28th, 2020. I'm Trey Yinks. With parts of the United States reopening for business, the Trump administration is preparing further testing to stabilize communities and stimulate the economy. We've responded not by centralizing power, not by centralizing process and regulating more heavily and issuing directives, but really decentralizing the response to state and local leaders for them to manage for their communities and also deregulating. This is the Fox News Rundown, Global Pandemic. While the United States has surpassed 100,000 deaths from COVID-19, officials in Washington are trying to balance the health of Americans and the health of the economy. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Deputy Health and Human Services Secretary Eric Hargan, starting first overseas where a test and trace system has been implemented in both England and Scotland. Workers will now text, email, or call people who test positive for COVID-19 to ask who they've been in contact with. If someone they've come in contact with is at risk, that individual will be required to self-isolate for 14 days. The program is voluntary to participate in, but British Health Secretary Matt Hancock, he's confident there will be widespread cooperation. Now to Brazil, that has recorded multiple days this week of 1,000-plus deaths. Brazil remains the second worst-hit country in the world, with more than 400,000 confirmed cases. Despite the high numbers, Brazil's largest city, Sao Paulo, is starting to reopen on Monday, but will maintain some form of quarantine until June 15th. Finally, in the United States, the total death toll this week surpassed 100,000 people. Many states are starting to reopen portions of their economies after weeks of lockdown. Now the federal government is working on a variety of projects that could increase testing to help prevent a second wave in places that are nearly finished with the initial outbreak. So what is President Trump asking his cabinet to do in order to keep Americans safe? HHS has, it's the largest department in the federal government. And in this circumstance, you're seeing a lot of our agencies working at the same time. This is Deputy Health and Human Services Secretary Eric Hargan. He joins us today from Washington. A lot of times people don't understand everything from the National Institutes of Health, which is, you know, funding a lot of the research, academic research that's in, that's taking place. And you know, obviously prominently in this, Dr. Fauci, who's at NIH, uh, through the FDA, which is working with private industry to uh, make sure that we have safe and effective vaccine, therapeutics, diagnostics. They're the ones who have been uh, issuing those emergency use authorizations that are allowing access to uh, a lot of the a lot of the material out there that private industry is working on. CDC, which is working at sort of sort of public health surveillance and communications agency in this circumstance, which is putting out all those guidances, uh, which has been, you know, doc- under Dr. Redfield has been uh, kind of key to surveilling the disease, making sure what's going on out there and communicating with the states and localities. And then also ASPR, which is our preparedness and response agency, which manages the stockpile that sort of finds and procures material like PPE and all these other all these other things to get them to states. So they've been backing up the states and uh, and private institutions that are looking for a lot of the material out there, whether it's you know uh, therapeutics, drugs, uh, and uh, uh, equipment. And those are just four of the agencies inside HHS. Absolutely, the president really pushed the cabinet early on in this outbreak to move quickly once cases started to spread in the United States and, and spike. What was the 
specific directive to HHS, knowing that all of these organizations and agencies are operating under this umbrella. What was the directive from the White House? Obviously, the president had, you know, direct contact with, you know, from the very beginning with with us uh, in the department. And, you know, first of all, for us to move quickly, and you saw that very early aggressive action uh, by the president and by the department for things like the, the imposing the travel ban from China, uh, that was, you know, we're sort of the, the first large country that, that took that action uh, in, in seeing early on the problems that were developing. Uh, in, you know, we went from the fastest in the history of vaccinology, that's a nice, good word for you, uh, to move from getting the viral sequence to having human trials of the vaccine. So you've seen early on us moving really quickly in an unprecedented way uh, to, you know, get all these emergency use authorizations to be able to get material in the hands of people, you know, sort of record setting numbers in terms of testing, in terms of the number of, of uh, pieces of equipment and, and drugs and vaccines, trying to get them started and implemented out there. We just launched Operation Warp Speed last week. That's, again, an unprecedented drive on our part to be able to really contract the um, process of developing vaccines and therapeutics to be able to shrink the amount of time necessary for us to do that by, in many cases, being able to move processes in parallel than one after another, which is what has traditionally been done, and in other ways to kind of make sure that those vaccines and therapeutics are available in a really quick way. Some of the ways that have been really new to this administration and new, I think, in many cases in terms of a central government responding to a crisis is that we've responded not by centralizing power, not by centralizing process and regulating more heavily and issuing directives, but really decentralizing the response to state and local leaders for them to manage for their communities and also deregulating. So in other words, taking off a lot of the regulatory um, processes that uh, that allow private industry to move more quickly and to respond more effectively to uh, the crisis. So instead of centralizing, we're deregulating and decentralizing the response. And I think that has been very effective. And I think we're going to see, you know, the president just issued a a new order on deregulation. And I hope in the wake of this crisis that we're going to pay attention to the lessons that we learned in this crisis and leave those shackles off and allow the processes that we found have worked very effectively in this crisis to remain in place so that we sort of accelerate the process that we have in a day-to-day world. Now we're going to take the lessons from the crisis and apply those in our normal world that hopefully, God willing, will resume in the wake of this crisis. As the administration looks to cut this red tape and move forward with Operation Warp Speed to find treatments and vaccines more quickly. What can the American people expect? We're hearing a lot of numbers and dates thrown out there. What are some of the targets for the administration? And realistically, when can the American people expect some sort of treatment or vaccine that will calm the minds of Americans who are extremely worried, despite the fact we are seeing some areas of the country reopening for business? So the target for this is January 2021. Uh, for a for a vaccine, that's a target. But you know, science and nature do not cooperate with government order. 
and uh, really, we're we are making sure that our part in it is is accelerated in this. And you know, hopefully, you know, obviously, we have uh, good thoughts about the candidates in the vaccine trials and our therapeutics. You saw that we've got remdesivir is has been produced, and now that's under an emergency use authorization, and we're distributing that to the states for them to distribute within their states. So we've got a therapeutic. Uh, that we're we're we have uh, very good information on the vaccine candidates that we've got in the pipeline. We have good preliminary data on those. So those are those are good signs. Always, it's going to come out in the eventuality when science and nature. I mean, I wish that I could give total comfort in this area, but you know, uh, unfortunately, as I say, nature doesn't always cooperate with us uh, in these circumstances or with the companies that are moving these forward. But we have. We have good preliminary data in that. That's why we're placing kind of our efforts and our, our sort of bets down on these on these early vaccine candidates. You've been listening to Deputy Health and Human Services Secretary Eric Hargan. We'll be right back. The world is working around the clock right now to find vaccines and treatments and to figure out a way as humans that we can move forward through this massive pandemic. What keeps you up at night amid all of this? I mean, you're seeing a lot of information early on and part of a team that is making decisions that impact the American people. What worries you the most? Well, what worries me the most right now is the unintended consequences of the lockdown on health care. You know, there's been this this story that has been, you know, it's health versus the economy. Really, the situation is now health versus health, as we've articulated it. You know, most Americans don't die of infectious disease, even in the middle of this pandemic, as terrible as it has been. We've got 100,000 deaths in this country. Uh, you know, we are, we are now seeing that issues like Americans not taking care of necessary health care, heart disease, heart bypass surgeries, cancer care, uh, treating diabetes, treating COPD, getting childhood vaccinations, taking care of mental health and behavioral health issue, rise in unreported, probably unreported child abuse and spousal abuse. We're seeing that on all these agencies. And here we're not just talking about viral suppression. We need to slow and stop the spread of the coronavirus. But we also have to pay attention to the ways in which Americans day-to-day are suffering uh, in illness and the day-to-day ways in which people die from other illnesses other than coronavirus. So I'd say uh, that's the that's the thing that probably keeps me up at night is the fact that the longer lockdowns go on, the more these problems tend to accumulate with Americans not either being able to or feeling confident to go back to the hospitals, to go back to doctor's offices and clinics and get the care that's necessary for them. How do you find the balance between ensuring that Americans can stay healthy, but also ensuring that, like you mentioned, the country isn't locked down so long that people aren't going to see their doctor and they're not going back to work and all of these really important things for day-to-day life. Well, that's where sort of our state and local leaders and really individual Americans to take a look at what the guidance is that we've put out to, you know, kind of keep an open eye out for resurgence of the, of the virus as their local communities and their states reopen in these circumstances to keep the vigilance that we've developed in this area, but 
but learn to go back into resuming their normal lives. We have to keep an eye on this. You know, we have to keep keep watchful, keep wary about the resurgence of this virus, which has had such terrible consequences for so many parts of our country, like the New York metro area, Detroit, Chicago, uh, Boston area. We know that these areas have been hard hit uh, in the past, and uh, that's just that's just a short list of the places in the country that have been affected by this. But you know, we have to we have to remain wary, but we also have to resume our normal lives. And I'm just speaking purely from a healthcare point of view, you know, not just looking at the economic consequences, which are which are very serious, and we all and we all know those as well. But that people have to maintain, they have to maintain their lives, and they have to go back in for this care, and they have to take care of themselves that way, so that we don't have a wave of other problems that arise in the wake of this. And so I think that just means paying attention to that guidance, listening, listening to your doctors, going back to resume your lives. Again, purely from just a healthcare point of view, because I'm here from HHS. That's sort of my perspective on this. Uh, and you know, other people will talk about other aspects of this, but there is a healthcare consequence to this to these lockdowns, not just dealing with the virus. How is the Department of Health and Human Services, along with the Trump administration, preparing for the possibility of a second wave? And how do you find that nuanced approach that allows people to start heading back to restaurants and to businesses in their local communities without seeing a spike in new coronavirus cases? Well, you know, the original thing that we adopted was the now famous flat curve motto. That was intended to make sure that we didn't experience those that sharp spike in cases that overwhelmed our healthcare sector and, you know, overwhelmed our hospitals and doctors. That to give us time for the ingenuity and the productive capacity of this country to produce material to and for our workforce to get ready, our healthcare workforce to get ready for an anticipated surge of cases, just as had been seen in China, just as had been seen in Europe before it came to the United States. So we knew that there would be, you know, eventually viruses don't respect national borders, that eventually the virus would get here. We wanted to give our sector time to prepare. Now we've harnessed that. All these public-private partnerships that we've engaged in, our very close uh, engagement with the private sector has resulted in a lot of production of, you know, PPE, different kinds of equipment, Operation Warp Speed that I mentioned already, that's an attempt to kind of accelerate the process of getting a vaccine, getting therapeutics in place. You know, all of those things, we're really depending on the immense capacity of this country to produce. And over the summer, we will see more of that production taking place. And by the, by the fall, we'll be in a much better place uh, almost necessarily we'll be in a better place than we were than when China let us know on December 31st that there was news of a new virus. Um, you know, we that kind of took us, uh, as it did take everybody, uh, unawares, and it was a novel coronavirus, I meaning it's a new, it was a new virus. So we had to get ready for that. And, you know, four or five months later into this, we are in a much better place than we were. Uh, we've seen surges in places, but not everywhere so far. Uh, viruses do spread. We have to be prepared for that. Um, but then in the fall, we'll, as I say, I think we necessarily will be in a better place as a country, and there'll be much, there'll be the more production taking place as a virus as we get on the downslope this spring, God willing, of this virus. Um, and it looks like we're in much better place than we were, uh, you know, weeks and, and a month ago. 
that now we'll be able to prepare much better for the fall. And hopefully, as I say, uh, Warp Speed and all the other efforts on the part of private industry and us to bring these new treatments and new, new uh, vaccines into production will be there for the fall. Some much needed light at the end of this tunnel for the American people and the world. Exactly. The Deputy Secretary of Health and Human Services, Eric Hargan. Mr. Hargan, thank you again for your time. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. 